This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. You ever had that moment in the middle of the night where you, you wake up and you're hungry, so you stumble into the kitchen, your eyes are kind of bleary, and you open the refrigerator door, and the light hits your eyes, and you're squinting, and you're looking, you're hungry, you want something to eat, and you look at that thing, and it's like, no, and you look at the next thing, no, you're hungry, but you have no idea what you're hungry for, and nothing quite seems to fit the hunger that you have. There's a guy that was in the Bible, Solomon, who had that same predicament when it comes to life. He hungered for more in life. And so he thought, maybe I can get that through knowledge. And so he got all the education he could and found out, no, that that didn't satisfy it. Maybe I can get it through position. And so we we know him as King Solomon. But but when he achieved that, no, that that didn't do it either. So he thought, maybe, maybe it's in money. Or maybe it's in women, or maybe it's in wine. And he tried all these different things and never attained, never was able to to satisfy the hunger that was deep in his soul. He felt much like you too. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And one of the things that's interesting to me when it comes to the hunger that's in me and the hunger that's in you for more of life for for a a bigger life, a more significant life, a a life that makes a difference, a a life where there's this fulfilling happiness, not just temporary good times or temporary pleasure and moments that anybody would be happy, but, but this sustaining, overwhelming happiness that goes beyond and is consistent in life. One of the things we realize is what our culture tells us will satisfy our hunger never does. It never happens. So, you know you're hungry, but do you really know what you're hungry for? Today, we're continuing this series in the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, and we we come to verse 6, which says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Righteousness, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Righteousness is both a position and a practice. Righteousness speaks of being in a right relationship with God, and then right, righteousness also speaks of living my wife, life in a way that honors God and that blesses God in a way that He can be pleased with. So I realize the pushback for a lot of us when we hear this is, who cares? I mean, who really cares? As I look around at my friends, I look around at people I know, I don't, I don't see people chasing righteousness. And they seem to be, many of them, just fine. Why should it matter? Why does it matter in my life that, that I should have a, a hunger and thirst for righteousness? It doesn't seem to really fit today. Maybe that's kind of old-fashioned Bible talk because it doesn't really seem to apply to my life. But we all know, we all know We've had those moments in the middle of the night where we wake up with those haunting thoughts. It's interesting that when things are the quietest, that inward voice can be the loudest. 
And we look around and think about the fact that our kids are grown and we recognize the missed opportunities. We think about that time on a ball field where we could have encouraged, but we didn't. We think about the moments where we could have given a a helpful kind of instruction, but instead in our anger, because it'd been a crazy day, we were frustrated and it came across much more harsh. And you've had the thought, and I've had the thought, if I could go back in time, I would do it right. Maybe you've thought that about your first marriage. And now you're standing at the door of maybe getting married again. And and part of what you're thinking and processing is, I want to do it right this time. Those haunting thoughts. This verse, this is what makes those evaporate. This is what brings us to a place of getting peaceful sleep at night. Because when we live this way, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. I want to get it right. This is how it happens. I want to go back and do the right thing. This creates no more of those experiences. There's no need to go back because in my life, when there is a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, and I want to get it right, I want to get my life right, I want to get my marriage right, not right in the sense of winning an argument, but right in the sense of living in a way that I experienced the life I was created to live, living in a way that I honor God and that that my life experiences the fullness of all that God intends. This is how it happens. So who cares? You should only care. If you want to truly live, and if you want to go to heaven when this life is over. If that doesn't matter to you, you shouldn't care about this. But if it does matter to you, you and I have to care deeply about this. See, when we're not living in that hunger and thirst for righteousness, we're we're living disconnected with our Creator, and that's not living. It's merely existing. You and I know people that live But we know a lot of people that are breathing and moving through each day, and they're just existing. So the obvious question is, how do I become righteous? If I'm going to thirst and hunger for righteousness, how do I become righteous? The reality is, only God can make me righteous. There's a simple truth found in the book of Romans. Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 3, verse 20 says, for no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. The law reflects, hey, I, I don't measure up there. I, I haven't gotten that right. And if you feel like that, like if you ever read the Bible and think, man, I, I've blown it in this area and I've blown it in this area and I, I've blown it in this area. Hey, welcome to normal. That's all of us. That, that is humanity. So none of us can be righteous in and of ourselves. And, and that's not a surprise to you. You don't even meet your own expectations for you, much less God's. You don't even keep your standard of what you desire for your life, much less God's. So only God can make us righteous. I think another thing we have to recognize is Jesus came to pay for my sins as a gift to me. The Bible says in Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in that verse, it's actually the picture of archery. And often in life, we are shooting arrows of doing the best we can and arrows of trying harder. And 
arrows of trying to be better than a lot of other people. And we think, man, I know I'm not going to hit the bullseye, but if I just get the arrow somewhere on the target, as long as I'm kind of closer to the bullseye than most people, I'm probably okay. But the reality is, the truth of Scripture says, every arrow I shoot, every arrow you shoot, it doesn't even hit the target. For all have sinned and fall short. Don't measure up. Aren't capable in and of ourselves. Can't consistently get it right. Of the glory of God. And then Scripture teaches us in Romans chapter 6, for the wages of sin is death, the payment of sin is death. And it's speaking there of a kind of spiritual death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. Now, when you think about a gift, the more precious the gift, the more it costs the giver. Have you ever been re-gifted something and you found out the person that gave it to you is like, oh, somebody gave it to them? It just doesn't mean that much. There's no effort. There's no expense on their part. That that was an easy pass-off of something they really didn't want anyway. But what about the gift you've been given that somebody sacrificed, saved up, took the time, thought about you and who you are and the things that you like, and gave you a gift that not only you enjoyed but met a need in your life? See, that this gift, for you and me, it's free, eternal life. But for God, it wasn't. That's the whole reason Jesus came. To pay the penalty for your sin, for my sin, so that we could be connected with the Father in a personal, intimate way. Not so we could step into some religious practice where we pray prayers and we try harder and we do the best we can and we try to be better than most. And we even try to be better than the me of last year and the year before. That is endless frustration and it does not work. God offers this free gift. So Jesus came to pay the penalty for my sins as a gift. Not because I deserve it, but because he's so loving. How do I become righteous? Another thing I need to recognize is I receive this gift of eternal life by placing my faith in Jesus. Now you might say, well, I'm, I'm just not a person of faith. Oh, oh yes, you are. <laughs> yes, you are. You, you place your faith in your car every time you get in it. You place your faith in your bed at night when you lay down in it. You place your faith in you. As you try to figure it out and navigate a better way and process and think through the problems you're facing, the struggles you've been through, and try to figure out how how to make it better and what to do differently, all of us place our faith in something. People that have placed their faith in Christ just just recognize that in all of my efforts, I fall short. If I place my faith in me, this is what my life is going to be. But if I place my trust in Jesus and what he did on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin and invite him into my life to be to be my God, the God who invites me to call him father, that's how loving he is. And I experienced that gift of eternal life, but also the forgiveness of my sin and guilt and shame. The Holy Spirit of God living inside me to walk with me through each day. 
It changes everything here and it changes everything forever. And maybe today, as you look at the calamity all around the world and the chaos, as you feel pain in unique ways, culturally and individually, maybe you recognize that you and I, you need something more than you, and I need something more than me. And that is why Jesus came. So today I want to give you an opportunity. It's the greatest opportunity you'll ever have. And maybe this day, when you woke up this morning, you didn't even realize it, but maybe this day was created just for you to be your spiritual birthday, the day that you come into personal relationship with God. If you know that the greatest need in your life is to commit your life to Christ, I want to invite you to pray a prayer. But before I do that, after I pray this prayer, this verse says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. After I pray this prayer, I want to share with you how we can develop that hunger and that thirst for righteousness. We're going to talk about how to do that. And some very practical things that you can put in your life very, very quickly, just for a moment, how you can build that into your life. But first, man, only God can make you righteous. So to take the first step and to step into it, you've got to surrender your life to Christ. And deep down inside, right now, you know that. It's that still, small voice in the depth of your soul saying, I need that. Enough is enough. If there is a possibility to truly know God personally, why would we pass on that? So if that's where you are, I want to invite you to pray this prayer. Just bow your head, close your eyes, and pray this prayer. Dear God, I know that I need you. Jesus, please come into my life. Please forgive my sin and help me to live for you. As best I know how, I surrender my life to you. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, if you just prayed that prayer, first I want to say congratulations because you just made the greatest decision you could ever make. And before I share with you how to cultivate the, the hunger and the thirst for righteousness in your life, I want to invite you to shoot me a text because I'd love to be praying for you by name today and throughout this week. If you can just text me your first name to 407-487-8311, just your first name, 407-487-8311, I'd love to be able to pray for you by name today and throughout this week. I would be honored to do that. The verse says, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So where do I go from here? How do I do that? I mean, I'm convinced. I believe you. I'm with you. I can't get it all right. Every arrow I shoot falls short. How in the world do I accomplish cultivating this craving and developing this hunger and this thirst for righteousness in my life? How do I do that? How do I grow my hunger for knowing God. We do it the same way we do in any other relationship. It's about a unique connectedness, and this connectedness 
happens on a spiritual level. So there are a few things I can do. First, I need to remind myself daily that God loves me. The truth of Scripture is that God loves you, God loves me. We have a hard time believing that because so often in life, we have a hard time loving ourselves. In fact, the harshest words you ever hear about you are the ones you say to yourself. If you talked to your closest friends the way you talk to you, they wouldn't be your friends anymore. And so we need to deliberately set in place a practice and a discipline in day-to-day life when you and I wake up in the morning to remind ourselves daily that God loves me. The truth of Scripture is God loves me. The most famous verse in all the Bible, John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes or trusts in him will not perish but will have eternal life. What if each morning you just take that word world and put your name there? For God so loved Byron that he gave his one and only son. For God so loved your name that he gave his only one and only son. That's how much he loves us. The second thing we need to do, not only remind myself daily that God loves me, if I want to cultivate this hunger and this thirst, quit filling up on junk food. Quit eating spiritual junk food. Quit, quit chasing all the things like Solomon when you're standing at the refrigerator in the middle of the night looking at it and you're hungry, but you don't know what you're hungry for. You still haven't found what you're looking for. You've tried this, you've tried that, you've tried this, and it just hasn't done it. There has to be more. Quit filling up on spiritual junk food. Nothing else in life is ever going to be ultimately satisfying apart from a relationship with Jesus and cultivating that and growing that. In Australia, during the Great Depression, there was no food. People were hungry, and so they made a porridge out of a certain type of fern that would fill their stomachs, and this porridge had no nutritional value. There were no carbs, no protein, no fats, no minerals, no vitamins, but it made them feel full. What's interesting is during that time, people were dying of starvation with full stomachs. I think that's where we are as a culture. We're filling our lives with everything we can grab that culture says you've got to have this to be happy. You've got to do this to enjoy it. You, you've got to live like this, make this much, be in this neighborhood, drive this car, mar- have this kind of marriage, ha- have these kind of kids. They've got to go to this kind of school and that kind of college. And we're just grasping for what's going to give it to me. Maybe this will be the thing. But so many are spiritually dying with full stomachs. I think it's important to recognize your desire, what you crave, what you hunger for, your desire will determine your direction, and your direction will determine your destiny. So the greatest pursuit in our lives should be our relationship with God and spending time with Him. Which comes to the third thing you and I can do to cultivate the hunger and the thirst, consistently spend time with God in His Word. If you have a smartphone, you, you can grab your smartphone and there's an app called the Version app. That'll come up at the bottom of the screen. Version app. Man, I would grab that app. Here's what's amazing. I, I've used the Version app for years. What's incredible about the Version app, there are all these different translations. Normally, I use the New International Version, the NIV. That is a phrase-by-phrase translation from the original language. Or there's the New American Standard or the, or the uh, ESV, English Standard Version. Those are more transliterations. They're a word-for-word translation. 
there's paraphrases like the message or the living Bible, but there are all these translations that you can dive into and find what, what connects with you, what, what speaks to you and what you understand the best. There are also daily reading plans, a three-day daily reading plan, five-day daily reading plan, all the way up to a year reading plan. You can read through the Bible in a year or half a year. You can do reading plans each day, devotionals about a better marriage or how to find peace in life or how to forgive this resource. And here's the thing. It is free. And we all love free 99. It is free. So grab the YouVersion app, consistently spend time with God in his word. That's the primary way that God speaks to us. You and I are trying to navigate life sometimes without hearing the voice of God who created the life we're trying to live and who knows best how to live it. What kind of marriage do you think I would have? Angie and I are coming up on over 30 years, I think 32 years, 31, 32 years, very soon. What kind of marriage would we have if I never heard from her or she never heard from me? It'd be a terrible relationship. It would feel empty. And each of us, separately, would feel alone. And maybe that's part of the reason. Maybe you've committed your life to Christ, but you feel alone. Are you consistently spending time with God in his word? Because the more you do that, the more that hunger and that thirst for righteousness, living right according to the way God sees it and living the life he created me to live, the the more I have a hunger for that and a thirst for that. And then the final thing I would say, if you want to cultivate the craving, the hunger and thirst for righteousness, build intentional, lasting relationships with other Christ followers. You show me your friends, I'll show you your future. The people closest to you will determine in many ways the most about you. So be friends with everybody, but the people closest. Do you have those people around you that love Jesus and love you, will pray for you? It's one of the reasons we do community groups in the life of C3. We'll be kicking those off in the fall. You'll be hearing more about it. You need to be in one. You need to be, I, 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 it doesn't matter what the excuses are doesn't matter how busy you are. You need to find a way to make an investment in you and your relationship with God so it can experience its fullest potential. And part of that is being surrounded by some people that love Jesus and love you and are strong Christ followers, can pray for you, can walk with you through difficulty and celebrate with you in the good days. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. That's how we cultivate it. About three years ago, Tom Brady was giving an interview, NFL quarterback. And he made this statement, quote, Why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater out there? End quote. Then he said, quote, maybe a lot of people would say, This is what it is. I've reached my goals, my dream, my life. Me, I think, God, there's got to be more than this. And then the interviewer asked this question, what's the answer? To which Tom Brady replied, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. This entire book is inspired, written by God through people. As the answer. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. You can attain it all in any category you choose. And it will never be enough. 
until you commit your life to Christ and begin to pursue him daily. The Bible says those who seek him will find him. So this week, grab the YouVersion app, do the daily Bible reading plan. If, if, if you like to use a Bible instead of a phone, look up what the verses are in version and just read it in your Bible. That's cool, but spend that time daily with God. Let me pray for you. Jesus, thank you so much for every person watching in this moment. God, I pray your blessings on their life, on their family, on their future. Father, I pray we would take what we've heard today, and it wouldn't just be a moment of, of thinking. I pray you would take this moment and create a momentum in our lives of, of a hunger and a thirst for righteousness as we pursue you, so that every single person watching can be fulfilled. God, use us this week. Love others through us this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, next week we continue the Beatitude series. Don't miss it. Can't wait to hang out with you online again next, again next week. But in the meantime, God bless you. I love you. Have an amazing week. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at Give c3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.